0: Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost? I'm your host, Annette. I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 38. Did you nearly forget to say your name there for a
1: second? Yeah, I, think, I, I don't know why it feels like so long since you recorded I that I thought you were doing the hot bits.
0: <laughs> so today we are going to cover Busby Stoop. Have you ever heard of it? No. We crack on? Crackety crack. Everyone has a favorite chair perfectly positioned, whether at home or in a public place where you can see everything going on around you. In my Dad's house, my favourite chair was always the chair in the corner. As you walk into the sitting room, it's adjacent to the door which meant I was able to see people coming and going throughout the house. The angle to the TV was perfect, the chair was just beside the window so I had a nice breeze but the sun was always to the back of the house so no glare on the TV. My seat was perfect. But if I walked into the sitting room and someone else was sitting in my chair, there is no way the first thought in my head would be, I must murder this person sitting in my seat. And despite how ridiculous that sounds, it has happened. Thomas Busby and Daniel Autie would go down in history as two under the table sort that you don't know if you feel sorry for or feel they got their comeuppance the two were crooks no doubt about it but thomas was a brute a bully and a thug known by many as a man who liked to drink or seven he had a wicked temper but no one could have known how bad it would get you see Daniel Aughty had bought a farm in a relatively secluded area when he moved from Leeds to a small village called Kirby Whisk and he named his home Donatey Hall. It was ideal for Daniel because the privacy of the location enabled him to continue with his illegal coining activities. He was a forger and he had built a secret passageway in his home that linked the cellar to a hidden room where he could work in secret. Daniel had a daughter named Elizabeth, a true beauty and the apple of her father's eye, so of course he was very protective. Needless to say, he was livid when he heard she had fallen in love with his partner, Thomas Busby. He obviously knew of his partner's reputation and that his daughter could do much better, but despite his objections, Thomas and Elizabeth got married. Thomas was the owner of a small inn near Sandhutton, just three miles from Donati Hall. And though it's not clear how the two crossed paths, their business on the side was very lucrative. However, it was no secret that their partnership was far from harmonious, with Thomas usually in a bad mood with Daniel for one reason or another, and Daniel disgusted with Thomas over how he treated his daughter. Now, the details of what happened on what would be Daniel's last day are vague at best, but what we do know is that Thomas and his father-in-law had gotten into quite a heated argument early in the day. Over what, you ask? No one knows, but we can probably assume it had something to do with Elizabeth or the coining business. The story goes, later that day, a very drunk and feeling particularly volatile Thomas, returned to his inn to find Daniel waiting for him. Daniel was threatening to take Elizabeth home with him. That alone would have sent an already belligerent man over the edge, but it wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. Thomas went into a rage when he saw Daniel sitting on his favourite chair. He forcibly removed his father-in-law from where he sat and threw him out of the inn. I can only imagine how difficult it all must have been for poor Elizabeth, but... I get the impression she couldn't do much to alleviate Thomas's anger as he sat in his chair drinking and thinking. That night, Thomas, still seething, grabbed a hammer and began the three-mile walk to Donati Hall. Now, a three-mile walk, even at a leisurely pace, can take up to 60 minutes, meaning Thomas had time, time to think about what he was about to do, who he was about to do it to, and how it would impact his wife. But despite having time to cool off and think, he marched up to the Naughty hall, found Daniel, and bludgeoned him to death. Thomas, having clearly put a lot of thought into his plan, then tried to hide his father-in-law in the woods. But unfortunately for him, Daniel's sudden disappearance caused concern among the locals, and a search began. It's not noted how long the search took, so I imagine it wasn't long. On finding Daniel's body, Thomas was arrested at his inn and charged with murder. In the summer of 1702, Thomas was tried and sentenced to death for the murder of Daniel at the York Assizes. His punishment for the heinous crime was to be gibbeted. His body dipped in tar and his remains displayed on a stoop attached to the gibbet in full view of his inn. The legend goes that Thomas was granted sort of a last-wish kind of deal before he was set to be home. Seemingly his last wish was to have a final drink at his own inn and sit in his favourite chair. On leaving the inn, making his final journey to his execution, it said that Thomas cursed the chair, declaring that death would come shortly to anyone who sat in it. In another more dramatic telling, it said that Thomas drunkenly shouted out the curse whilst being taken to the gibbet to be hung. Either way, it is clear that even in death, Thomas was determined to never allow anyone to enjoy the comfort of his favourite chair. After his death, his pub was named Busby Stoop Inn, a name it retained until it closed in 2012. Thomas' spirit was believed to have haunted his old pub as well as the area he was gibbeted. But it was his chair that he was somehow attached to that seemed to cause most of the trouble. For the chair is said to have taken more lives than your everyday run-of-the-mill serial killer, with estimated numbers of over 60 victims. The first death said to be directly associated with the chair was that of a chimney sweep. He and a friend sat for a drink one evening in 1894. The sweep never made it home that night. Being three sheets to the wind, he laid down on the road to sleep. But the next morning, his body was found hanging from the post next to the gibbet. His death was ruled a suicide initially, but in 1914, the friend with whom the chimney sweep had gone for drinks with after work and seemingly spent his last few hours with, admitted on his deathbed that it was him he had robbed and murdered his friend. Ah, I see, it was the friend of the gallows with the hanging rope, I hear you say. But I wonder, as the story never stipulates that only one of them sat on the chair, could the curse have been put on the murderer, planting the idea to murder and rob his colleague? The pub became a popular drinking spot with RCAF Airmen. The airmen would dare one another to sit in the chair, not believing in the curse, obviously. But those who took up the dare never made it home from their missions. A few years before Tony Earnshaw took over the pub, he overheard two airmen daring each other to sit in the chair. Clearly being brave men, they both sat in the chair, but they weren't like the others. Not that they did return from their missions where others hadn't, they never even made it back to the airfield. Their car left the road and crashed into a tree, and they both died on the way to the hospital. The chair claimed several victims from the 1970s, including a cleaning lady who was diagnosed with a brain tumour after just knocking into the chair, cyclists and motorcyclists who suffered fatal road accidents, a hitchhiker who had spent two nights at the pub met his demise, and a local man who died of a heart attack shortly after sitting in the chair. Building contractors cajoled the youngest member of their group into sitting on the chair at the pub. Back at the site, the young man fell through the roof and hit the concrete. It was this death that caused Earnshaw to send the chair into the cellar, but even there it wasn't safe. When a delivery man from the brewery was in the cellar, he decided to try the chair out. In his remarks to Earnshaw, He said that the chair was far too comfortable to be left down there. He was killed shortly after, when his van ran off the road. In the meantime, Earnshaw decided that despite its profitability as a tourist attraction, it was just too dangerous to keep the chair any longer. In 1978, Earnshaw donated the chair to the Thirsk Museum. So if you're ever travelling through Kirkgate, pop your head in the door. The ladies seem lovely. But maybe treat it as a walking tour and don't pull up a chair. I just think that's a. That was
1: a great story. Wasn't
0: it really good?
1: That was great story. I really
0: enjoyed that because we covered it on the strange things uh, the rabbit me hole. Out. I think I
1: need to sit down. Right
0: said,
1: to... <laughs> no. Stand up forever.
0: So I you know we covered it in the rabbit hole that we fell down last week, and and that's kind of what inspired um. it. And I was like, I I had said this to you. I didn't tell you what the story was going to be, but I had said to you, I think I'm going to have to write like three little mini stories because I didn't think I'd be able to find a whole lot on it. But I didn't know about the feud between the two. I didn't know it was I knew it was his father-in-law, but I didn't know it was because he was abusive. And I didn't know that they had a coining business. And I didn't know any of that history that kind of went along with it. I didn't realize so much stuff had happened. And they reckon it's 60 people or up. or over 60 people? What is a gibbet?
1: He was gibbeted.
0: So, it's like a gallows, but it's it's not as as big. It's not the 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 posts as, oh you can't see what I'm doing, people. Um She's Googling. So will I, will I just Yeah, will you google do it everything. and then you might be able to verbalise the visual a little bit easier. Um it's not an old school gallows. It's it's more like a um, hangman. Oh yeah,
1: it's a, it's a hangman.
0: Yeah not the old school gallows where you've got the big posts on both sides meeting the post in the middle. It's, it's just one. It's it's like the hangman.
1: It's half a goal post. So it goes, the, the, the gallows would have two posts and a yeah. crossbar, where this has one post and a supporter
0: crossbar. Yeah. And I'd imagine they just kick a stool from underneath it or something. Yeah, I was actually going to say um it's very, like Robin my dad Hood. would see it. No, I was thinking more so like Cowboys and Indians kind of movies, like oh, the old Western yeah. movies. Yes, yes. Um... But yeah, I probably should have explained. I, I would have used a different word, but that's the word that the story used, and I just thought it was such a cool word. And it was all, I I didn't realize that there was several different types of gallows or hanging stations.
1: That was interesting, and I learned something. <laughs> I was gone. Your to,
0: search history is so weird.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask, but I know the answer because you said it closed in 2012. And I was like, is the pub still open? I'm curious. I wonder if there's a picture of the chair, of the chair or anything.
0: There is a picture in the Thirst Museum. Uh, what they've done with the chair to try and prevent people sitting on it, at the highest point of the wall they have it tacked there, so it's it's suspended. You can't sit oh, on
1: it. Oh they have a chair they have a car like that. I'm in a Mini in Wellington.
0: I don't think it's for the same reason
1: no, no, it's
0: really not. But Ah jeez, it's only a
1: it's only a chair. It
0: looks like a normal pub chair. It doesn't look like it's anything special. Now I was. did watch a YouTube video
1: it'd be the first chair my dad would go looking to sit in yes. if he had the option because yeah. it has a back and arms and it has arms and
0: he'd yeah.
1: sit there and I know what he'd do and he'd sit there put his feet up and he'd stretch his legs out he'd put his pointy guinness down in front of him he'd take a big gollop of it and then he'd do this because he always used to, you can't see it but he lick he'd lick, <laughs> his his, he'd lick the creme de la creme off his moustache yeah and then kind of go
0: uh, but it is the kind of seat that you would sit back and relax in. So I don't blame the guy from the brewery, you know, kind of looking at it going, "That's yeah. a bit too nice." To he
1: probably had to climb down a trapdoor yeah. to get into the cellar.
0: Well, that's what happened. I think with I think someone was cleaning something and they needed something to stand on. So they stood on the chair, cleaned the high surface that they were trying to clean, and then got back down and then died a couple of hours later. Um, If it was a case that it was coincidental, it's very coincidental that it's happened so many times. It can't be that much of Now, in fairness, this was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s when it was totally acceptable to drink and drive. So I do understand that there is a high volume of motorcycle or cycle. I mean, I've never tried to cycle drunk, but I think I would be the most obvious drunk cyclist in the whole entire world because I would be exceptionally careful. So careful. That I would probably be cycling so slow, I would fall over a lot. Mm. But I can understand where a lot of the accidents would have happened because that.
1: You're not allowed drink and drive, but you are allowed drink and drive a horse.
0: Did you know that horse and carriages have the right of way, period? Yeah. Over any vehicle, because they were on the road first? Mhm. I don't know why I know that. That's
1: I don't a know, either, but I know that piece of information. You told me. <laughs>
0: Um, do you have any characters for
1: me? I have one character, it's the main guy, the Mr. Murder Man.
0: Uh,
1: Thomas. Thomas, Mr. Yes. Rusty. Do you know, and I I believe we have some Swedish followers. Yes. So, And I also believe this particular actor is Swedish. A chap called, and you, I don't know if you'll know the name, but you'll know when I tell you what he's in. Peter Stormare. Stormare. No. He's known professionally by his credited stage name as Peter Stomer, is a Swedish actor. He played Gare Grimsrud in Fargo and John Abruzzi in Prison Great. But and it's not written here, but I he was in um Jurassic Park, I think it was Lost World. I think he was one of the hunters. I'll just like flick through a few. Oh
0: yeah, I know. Yeah. He was also There, he, look that, that
1: that image he's the murderer. Like he's I'm gone gone from my last point. On chair.
0: the movie that's in the forefront of my mind cool. is i want to say deep impact he was the russian cosmonaut that was stationed on
1: the russian space station
0: russian space yes. station <laughs> you
1: are close
0: was With
1: it i think you're thinking of the film armageddon
0: um, what did i say
1: deep impact oh, they're
0: all the same stephen uh, would you like to know the rabbit hole I fell down? This
1: week? Give me the rabbit hole. Okay.
0: Now, none of this is going to make sense until I get to the very end, because oh, the very end man. I will explain. But you can tell me if you want to know what you don't want to know. Uh, the first thing there I learned is that you should throw away the cotton, you know, the cotton wool that's in the medicine? Like you, you get a bottle of medicine and you have a yeah. cotton wool thing in it? You're actually supposed to take that out because of its absorbent nature. It actually deteriorates your tablets if you don't take it out.
1: Oh.
0: Ah, I always thought I it was to stop them from were- smashing.
1: I thought it was like when you ever eat your tablets, you take the cotton wool and then the, the first tablet. So the cotton wool is the first one, is <laughs> No. it?
0: Um, no. The second thing there I learned is that you were tallest first thing in the morning. I did kind of know that.
1: I would like to, con- to conclude that I am never the tallest <laughs> any time.
0: So basically gravity compresses uh, well, I suppose sort of compresses your cartilage and your spine and other parts of your body So like your knees and your hips and blah 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 So if you're going to measure yourself, measure yourself first thing in the morning Because when you're lying down all night, you're, I suppose your discs kind of spread out or decompress uh, up,
1: to t- up to a centimetre I Yeah,
0: I didn't actually think it was that much mm,
1: Spacemen are, are taller when they come home to For a very similar reason
0: Oh, because there's no gravity.
1: No, there's just sleep on the time.
0: The next thing I learned is that you will yawn more than you will eat breakfast. Do you want to know the numbers?
1: I, th- I, I won't dispute that, but I'm interested to see it's probably significantly more yawns.
0: Yeah, it's like 250,000 times, according to one expert. I'm sorry! <laughs> I anyone else yawn when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, I've never been so excited for a yawn. The next thing I learned is that the colour you see in pitch darkness has a name. What is it? I I'm gonna Reden. butcher this if I try and pronounce it, but I think it's Eugen Gras. Okay. Or Eugen Gras. I
1: can't I can't argue because so can't it's
0: like, it's intrinsic grey. So it's not pitch black, it's actually a colour. There's there's mm. light in it somewhere. Next thing I learned was high heels were designed for men. I knew this. I think that was like a Shakespearean. My
1: dad thing. has high heels. No, no,
0: Mine no, doesn't. no. He, he has boots, <laughs> Stephen. Don't he, be telling people stuff. Had,
1: he, he had, no, he has he has a lovely pair of Italian shoes. I think. Right? Yeah,
0: but that, that's but,
1: what I'm saying. I think maybe they're Cuban, but the heel is marginally taller than a normal heel that like you'd see in Ireland. And yeah. my God, the man has never. Lived CDN. it down. Oh, no.
0: No. The next thing I learned, and I, I actually I took, I took note of this one because we go to a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant close to where we live, so I can't name it. Um, and Stephen always gets a blue cheese burger, and I learned that blue cheese can change your dreams. So you know the way normally if you have cheese before you go to bed, you have yeah. kind of weird dreams. Blue cheese, on average, changes your dreams or gives you more vivid dreams more than any other cheese.
1: It's basically mold. You're eating mold.
0: Yeah, it's essentially yes. Yeah. So,
1: you know, penicillin is made from that, <laughs> which is a drug. Which the epso facto, you're taking drugs.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the universe has a color, and you're not gonna like what it is. Give
1: me the color. Why okay, so
0: like researchers at John Hopkins University took the average of light from over two hundred thousand galaxies, and it turns out the universe, on average, is beige. La- but, but, you like the name of it. They call it colour Cosmic Latte. Doesn't that sound so much nicer than beige? Oh, they,
1: I couldn't, you see, you know what I'm like with coffee and it keeps you up. Couldn't we have a Cosmic Decaf Latte?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're here, so the last one, it hadn't oh. rained in a couple of days. Yeah. And I, I opened the door, because I thought somebody had knocked at the door the other day. So I opened the door and I was just like, oh, I love the smell of fresh rain. It turns out that has a name as well. What's the name? It's called Petrichor. So it comes from the oil that plants extrude, so when they're dry on the ground, and it mixes again with bacteria, so it's all to do with bacteria and and mould, and I don't care, I love the smell of rain, aside from the fact that I'm not built for summer, I love the rain, but I love the rain after a couple of days of pure hot.
1: I, and this is a side note to that, I have noticed that I can sometimes sense when a heavy rain is coming in because the, the warm front moving in and brings the moisture with it. The plants notice that and they're going to be, oh, I'm going to open my woods here because the rain's coming. Mm. A bit more pollen gets released <gasps> yeah. and I sneeze more because i got the old hay fever.
0: I can always tell when there's a bit of a pressure change. Uh, I get like. I don't know, I'd be a little bit sensitive to that and I get kind of, not headaches, but I can feel the pressure in my head when it's about to rain. And then it rains and I'm like, did I cause it or did I predict it? That's everything I have.
1: Daddy, that's, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. What chair is
1: your favorite dad's favorite chair?
0: Uh, the one he can't sit in. <laughs> it makes him fall asleep we finish up there
1: let's finish up there
0: perfect okay so thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you have any questions on today's or any other episode please feel free to DM us on our Instagram it's what's the story ghost I will put all the links into the description for this episode if you have any stories you would like to share with us of your own our email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com and those are all my words exit jingle exit yeah,
1: a- jingle
0: do 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 you am going to have to put a time limit on your exit jingle. <laughs> I'm going to have to do better. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye.